0: Hi, and welcome to a Dad's Path podcast. We're real dads solving everyday problems. Each week, we tackle issues that dads everywhere face and deliver actions you can take right away. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and go to adadspath.com to get our free newsletter exclusively for dads. Our goal is to help you make fatherhood count. Dad on. and welcome to another episode of a Dad's Path podcast. I'm Will Bronstein. Today we're here with Greg Payne. He's the host of the Cool Grandpa podcast. And I know, I don't think any of you guys listening are grandpas. I could be wrong, maybe a couple, but uh, (laughs) you know we target dads and there's a uh, obvious relationship interplay that happens between dads and kids and grandparents. So I thought it'd be really helpful uh, for me personally, uh, but I think for a lot of you guys too, to talk about someone who's an expert in grandpas and grandparenting and uh, how that can impact your kids and and their relationship. So welcome, Greg.
1: Thank you so much, Will. I sure do appreciate this opportunity to talk to future grandfathers. Get them while they're (laughs) young, you know?
0: So I appreciate this opportunity. That's a great way of looking at it. We're not not grandfathers yet, most of us, I would think. So uh, not yet. In terms of... uh, being a grandparent, I mean, I wanted to jump in with, you know, as as a parent, as a dad myself, how, like, what activities, how do I encourage my parents, if they were in that position, to not get involved, but like, what, what common challenges do you see with grandparents who are struggling with their grandkids, and how can us parents help facilitate that, to kind of put the question another way?
1: Sure, well, I appreciate the question. I think for the most part, grandmas have got it locked in. They're ready to pounce. As soon as they're hearing a grandbaby's on the way, they're ready to go. I think sometimes grandfathers, though, can be a little bit more reserved, that we're not sure where we fit in with the expectancy, with the first grandchild coming in. And then with the new baby that's arrived, because it definitely tends to be grandmas and mothers and sisters and... You know, the females kind of take that over a little bit. And I would say what fathers could do to help grandmothers and grandfathers, if they're a little bit reserved, is give them the green light. Be pretty explicit about it, being like, hey, we want you involved. We want you here for the baby shower. We want you here for this. We want you here for that. And really kind of be very open about what the expectations are that you want for the grandfathers and and grandmothers to step into because it helps us understand where some of those boundaries are. Because if you're telling me, hey, we want you here for this and we want you here for that, perfect. I'm all in. And then if you're also suggesting that, hey, we need you to hold back a little bit and let us just do this activity with our friends and family, then that also helps with that communication so that we know, know where the boundaries are, but then also how can we jump in and fully embrace this activity?
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I mean, perfect answer. And it's uh, in some ways somewhat simple, like communicate is really what you're saying. And that's so true of everything in life or so much of, of relationships. And, but it's so simple yet so difficult and not easy to do clearly always. And especially when you're in the midst of uh, you know a baby at home or even a, a, a child growing up, You know, there's just a lot on our plates we're running around we're feeling stressed and uh because the other word you use there which i thought was really interesting was expectations you know because uh that's sort of the flip side of boundaries in a way you know families want to have boundaries uh you know if uh, most families i talk to like you know love having their parents close but you know not too close um <laughs> but at the same time uh, the flip side as i said is the expectation right like I would like you to watch the kid more. I would like you to, uh, you know, why aren't you going grocery, sh- grocery shopping? I mean, you know, I'm being a little facetious, a little bit um, explicit with those, but that's the, I guess, the flip side. I mean, how would you, how have you approached that, or how have you talked to, heard from other grandpas who approach that, or grandparents, where it's more the expectation side not being met than the the boundary side.
1: Yeah, I think the expectation side is what leads to a lot of frustration for both the 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 parents and the grandparents because the grandparents may have a set of expectations where as soon as they hear the news there's a grandbaby on the way whether it's the first or the I' don't, being funny the 31st it's you know hey we want to be there for the baby shower we want to be involved in any of the um, you know some of the Pregnancy photos, you know, if you're doing stuff like that, we want to be there for painting the bedrooms. We want to be, and that can be a lot. And so, if the parents aren't able to put up and manage the expectations of the grandparents, it can lead to a lot of frustration because the parents, I think, could feel like they're just being run over. And it's not that it's because the grandparents are trying to hurt their feelings or, or trying to be that assertive, but it's because the grandparents are in full go, go, go mode. And that's not necessarily what the kids have. And on the flip side, the grandparents and the the parents of the adult children, we've got to be able to sit back and really ask the questions too. What do you need from us? What do you expect from us? Where Where are those? boundaries because without those, uh, we could have our feelings hurt. Maybe we want to be included, but they don't don't know that. So they're not including us on the baby shower invites. They're not including us in some of these things. And it's that miscommunication. But I think if everybody can sit down and talk open and honestly, you can find that middle ground that's going to make people satisfied. And, you know, that middle ground is going to mean that in a few instances, the grandparents may not get what they want fully. And then on the other side, the adult children may not get what they want fully, but you find a happy medium that everybody can live with.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. I like that. And, you know, through all the, the grandparents, grandfathers you talk to, I'd be curious uh, what are some of the areas where they were able to support their kids? not their grandkids, but their kids in the process and not just the, you know, not just kind of kids with a baby at home, but even growing up and that that sort of process. uh.
1: Yeah, that's really run the gamut. And it's been really where the adult children are talking to the grandfathers about, you know, if they need support, if a child is born and there's an illness or it's premature, they may need uh, grandpa to come in and do the day-to-day babysitting while the, the parents are focused in on the hospital activities and just focused 100% on getting that child well. The other part of that too is that being able to talk to those uh, grandfathers and see where they want to be engaged, where are their strengths, where where can they add uh, you know, this is all my business stuff, right? Where can they add maximum value to the family and where can they really shine while they're building up and supporting those, those adult
0: children? Absolutely. Uh, that makes also makes sense. I mean, it seems like it would be a challenge to strike the right balance or to maybe, uh, evolve, you know, from parent. To grandparent? I mean, how, how do you strike that balance when you see your kid parenting or whatever, whatever it um, might be?
1: That's a good question. Now, I've got to tell everybody that uh, I have two sons. And so I've got two awesome daughter-in-laws. So some of my reaction is going to be a little bit between what you kind of expect with a father and son in that, At times, there's a little bit of being able to call them knuckleheads and joke around with them a little bit because I want to maintain some of that playfulness that we had while they were growing up and use it appropriately. I'm not there to belittle them at all, but I'm there to help them out and and coach them up and be that mentor role. I'm not there to tell them what to do and how to do it, but I feel like as a father to two grown sons, I can be a sounding board. I can be that prism of have you looked at it this way? Have you looked at it that way? How my experience with my friends that have gone through similar situations, how have those outcomes been? And and lay out the possibilities, the opportunities uh that they have before them, and then support them in their decisions and ultimately just understand their decisions are their decisions. Uh, as much as we want to, you know, slap that hand away from a hot stove, even as adults, sometimes you have to touch the hot stove to really understand it's hot. And that can be a, a struggle for fathers.
0: Absolutely. That is, you know, if you can keep that mindset of being a mentor and uh, and not jumping in the parent role, I think that's, that's great. That's really... Um, I I mean, have you found, have there been specific boundaries or practices you found helpful when you wanted to jump in and then didn't?
1: Yeah. So what I've had to do in, even as my kids were married before uh, grandchildren showed up, it was really asking them like, Hey, let me know what you need. Uh, let me know if I cross any boundaries, um, because I'm still trying to figure out the relationship with the daughter-in-laws. Right? We had a wonderful weddings, families met, all that stuff. I still don't really know them that well, and they may not know my sense of humor. My, you know, what flips switches with me, what doesn't? I don't know that with them, so I've got to confide in them. It, my sons to say, Hey, let me know if I overstep here, let me know, you know, uh, if you need me to be more engaged. And so getting that feedback and being open and honest about it and, in understanding that sometimes feelings might get hurt is part of, um, you know, that relationship because families sometimes hurt each other's feelings, uh, unintentionally.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the you know you're evolving this relationships evolving from you know uh dad son to now being grandpa parent and to our point that we've been you know making that uh, there's a lot of changes that happen there and uh, i imagine that's probably pretty uh challenging in some ways but also pretty pretty interesting i mean has it what 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 are some of the emotions you felt watching your your kids you know, grow up and raise kids of their own? Oh, I've I've been just really proud
1: of them, how they've taken on this role of father and how they've had to manage some of their struggles uh, early on in the marriages and early on in their adult lives. I mean, my oldest is 31. My youngest is 29. Actually, no, I'm sorry. 32 and 29. (laughs) But... It's been great watching them come through that process of seeing how frustrated they could get with the grandkids. When I know those grandkids are pushing buttons and doing all the things that my kids would do, right? Stomping the foot, hands on the hips. You're not the boss of me. That sort of thing coming from a two-year-old that just absolutely frustrates the heck out of you. And then watching them having to develop a sense of patience and a sense of understanding, knowing when they have to kind of excuse themselves from the situation sometimes because it is so frustrating and just being super proud of how they've been able to navigate that role. And they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but it's been great watching that maturity happen in in those lessons because that's that's what life is about is that evolution of of figuring out that you can't be a hot-headed teenager all your life that you have to learn patience and that's where children come in they teach us patience they teach us things about ourselves and they teach us how to grow as parents.
0: Do they ever? (laughs) Yeah. Do they ever? No, it's, uh, you know, it's probably interesting seeing all the similarities, you you know, going that you went through as a dad and now seeing your kids go through it a little bit. Are you, I'd be curious if you've seen any um, sort of generational differences between, you know, your style of raising kids or theirs or anything that's, you know, kind of come up in that regard.
1: I think we've been pretty fortunate where, for the most part, where we've seen our adult children are parenting very similar to the way that that my wife and I parented. Um, we haven't seen a lot of uh, gentle parenting is, a, I think, a new philosophy. Maybe it's not that new, but it seems to be growing more and more. And it's not that my kids don't embrace aspects of that but it's not so um different from how we we parented the kids they definitely will allow some things to go where we didn't um but then there's a strategy behind it we ask the questions you know why are you doing that you know it's not just me and my wife looking Cross eyed at each other on the couch, going, Oh my gosh, we would never let the kids do that, or we would never handle it that way. It's more of a case of, Okay, so how, how, why are you handling it this way? You know, if it's something that really pops up that, that is a head scratcher to us, we ask the questions, Why are you doing it this way? And the daughter in laws and and our sons normally have a really good explanation that makes sense to us. It's just different.
0: Right. No, that's great. Goes back to communication again. Goes back to communication. That's great, though. And uh, also along the topic of communication is I'd be curious. Long distance grandparenting, right? So, some of us are fortunate to have you know some some of our parents close by. Some you know, or maybe it's in laws close by. Uh, but for those that don't, what have you seen kind of work to help develop and grow those relationships or keep those relationships? growing as, as they evolve, right? You, as you're becoming a grandpa.
1: Right. I've been really fortunate to to get attached to a group called the Long Distance Grandparent with Dr. Carrie Byrne. And she actually has a group that's focused on long distance grandparenting. Now, there's a lot that she talks about that I think some of us would just do naturally, meaning you have to be intentional with the communication with little kids they're never going to reach out to you w- when they're real little. I mean, once kids start to get those tween years and their own cell phones, you can start texting and communicating directly. But for a long time, it's, it's hey, mom, dad, can we jump on the computer and read a book with them this evening? Because there's a lot of applications out there to support long-distance relationships. You can read books over the, uh, online with your grandchildren. There's little apps that have filters so you can record messages and send them so you're not reliant on a face-to-face, real-time communication. There's all sorts of little things that you can do to stay connected. The biggest thing, though, that I've had to learn is to follow up with the adult children, the, the parents, find out if those little video messages that my wife and I are sending Are those really meaning anything to the grandkids? Because you never get that kind of feedback, but they can tell you, the parents can tell you like, oh, they really like this. They thought this was funny. They do enjoy having these little messages. They love having uh, reading time before bed. So when those get scheduled out appropriately, those can be really impactful. The other thing I would say if you're a long distance grandparent is don't sleep on snail mail. And what I mean by that is that the little kids, um, even starting around three years old, they know mom and dad go down to the the mailbox, whether you're in an apartment building, your own house, you're getting mail. Most of it's junk mail and bills and that sort of thing. But when those little kids start getting a postcard, from Grandma start getting a postcard from grandpa that's something that's in that magic box that's for them and so what I've really started to do is write a postcard monthly to my grandson that's four and a half and I'll probably start this year when my granddaughter turns three starting to put a simple postcard in and I'm and these are hard to find but if you keep your eyes open you can find them and it becomes really meaningful to to them and the feedback i get is this one went up on the refrigerator this one went up on their wall in their bedroom and so that's a way to really build that connection with them
0: that's fantastic and uh you know for the dads listening we can encourage our in-laws we can encourage our parents with these ideas you know postcards yeah i've seen it firsthand and i've heard from a lot of other dads like kids love it just a little letter just a little you know and uh that's a great idea and then technology is spot on. We use it all the time. There's apps literally where you can read, you know, through the app and you can turn the pages and your kid can see it. I mean, there's a ton of them out there. So uh but as dads, our job I think is to help encourage that and give that feedback. You know, like it's uh you as a grandparent are making the effort. It's our job to say, hey, that's really nice or hey I'd appreciate, you know, or I know my my little girl would appreciate if you wrote a little letter or did whatever it was. But again, going back to the communication, is how we can, how we can make it, uh, make it real.
1: Oh, absolutely. And if dads can really help us out by letting us know what's kind of going on that where the grandkids might not say something in a phone call or a video chat, um, let us know, are they having a tough time in third grade for whatever reason? Are they having a tough time with new friends? If you've just relocated something like that, that we can include in those postcards. And, and even in our conversations, we can share with them how tough it was when we moved, when our dads were in the military and we had to jump base to base all the time or, you know, whatever that is, if if dads can definitely give grandmas and grandpas a heads up about what's going on and slip us some information, uh, that just helps us with our communication to those
0: grandkids. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Another topic I was curious about are or is family traditions, the role of family traditions, and uh, first I'd be curious if you have an example of a family tradition that's been meaningful to your family, that you've you know passed down that you've seen your kids start to do or think they're going to do maybe.
1: Sure. Well, our biggest ones were trying to get everybody together for at least Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's really tough when the families start to uh, separate out and everybody goes their own way. Or if you're a family that's living away from your relatives, um, that can be really tough to get people all together. But if you make a real effort, and my wife is the one that's the champion of this for sure, everybody needs to get together for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And there's certainly exceptions when that, that can't happen. And it may not be those two holidays. Maybe there's another holiday that's, that's more meaningful to your family. But trying at least once a year, if you can, to get everybody together for that meal is in taking pictures, making sure you're documenting that is absolutely huge uh, because it's a way that you can connect as a family. It's a way that you can really see the growth of the, the grandchildren. And it's a way that you, grandpas we can kind of pass the torch a little bit on some of these things to to our sons to the dads, right? Uh, you know, I go back to uh, Christmas vacation. You know, it's hey, grandpa, it's here, carve the turkey. No, no, son, that's your job. You know, some of that is real. I mean, we laugh at it, but but the thing is, is that that's real. That's that's passing the torch as far as head of the household. Head of the the meal, whatever that might be. So those are the two that we try to do for sure once a year is get everybody together.
0: Mm. Do you have any advice or tips for you know blending traditions from different sides of the family or creating new ones? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I love talking and learning
1: about my grand my daughter-in-laws by asking them these questions. So when we're together for Christmas or Thanksgiving or or just a, a visit during the summer, it may be, so what did you guys used to do during the summer? What kind of vacations did you guys used to take? What were your family traditions? And then seeing if we can incorporate some of that, because we found out that with one daughter-in-law, uh, Thanksgiving really wasn't much of a thing. And that's partly because she comes from uh, Scotland and England. And uh, that just wasn't a thing over there. And her father was military. and so it just never was that big of a deal. But then there's other holidays and other holiday traditions that were huge. And then learning some of the traditions that uh, my other daughter in-law, who grew up kind of on the Maryland, Pennsylvania border by the ocean, you know, they had these low country boils. They had all this these different, seaside type traditions that we try to uh blend in whenever we get together
0: that's awesome no that's fine it's a great way to uh to create to create those bonds as you're saying as well um but it is interesting hearing about other traditions and seeing how you can incorporate them and um while also making sure you sort of stick to your guns with the traditions that are really important to you as much as you can like you're saying like let's make sure we have one family meal together would be at christmas or thanksgiving but let's commit to that you know to the extent um we can and i'd be curious you know it, being in the middle of uh parenting young kids it, you know it feels like there's a million things are going on and the idea of being a grandpa to me is pretty foreign like it's just not in my head at all so i would be curious you know kind of how you reacted when you found out you were going to be a a grandpa a grandparent Uh, and if that sort of changed your perspective on anything.
1: Oh, I love this question. And I love it because this is the question that I lead off with on my podcast to other grandfathers. Mm. (laughs) And so my reaction is that it was uh, Christmas time and my daughter-in-law and my son were, were down here in Georgia with us and they passed a final little card to to us. And I was thinking it's a gift card, you know, great. We got a hundred dollars to red lobster, something along those lines. Right. And it turns out to be a little ultrasound picture, And so of course my, my wife goes crazy. She starts tearing up. And then my reaction of being, I was super happy for them. And then my mind went to a little bit of like, wow, I'm going to be a grandpa. This is going to be real. And I always thought I would be uh, once my adult kids moved out and they got married and things. It's like, okay, this is kind of the, the natural path of things. And so it hit me that like my responsibilities are really shifting, that I'm moving more into uh, thinking about the future now much more than I did, I think, as a father. I think fathers were locked into the day-to-day or or let's say tactical part of living. And I think as we start to get older and as we become grandfathers, we start to think more strategically. What's the long-term ramifications of what we're doing? What's the long-term planning? What's the? How do we want family reunions to happen? How do we want these things to be? And then, how? What kind of grandfather do I want to be? And so, all these questions were running through my mind, and I was just super happy because, man, I felt like I was going to get some little kids that I was going to show them how to put a firecracker and a rotten tomato, <laughs> and you know, without mom knowing, like, hey, kids, come on, let's go do this. You know, all all these things that I enjoyed doing with my sons, and I enjoyed doing as a kid, I would they're in my mind. It's like, I want to go teach them how to go fishing. I want to teach them how to go hiking in the North Georgia mountains. I want to teach them all these different things and a little bit of mischief. I mean, (sighs) grandpas ought to be showing a little bit of mischief with the kids. Safety first, but a little bit of mischief creates some great bonds with grandpa.
0: I love that. I love that. I I have not done the tomato uh firecracker I, I, yet but um <laughs> it gets messy. <laughs> I'll probably keep that one to myself. I don't need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious though. Uh one last question for you here Greg. This has been super interesting. What would you tell what would you tell you know your younger dad self? You're older now, you're wiser, you've been through it. You're now a grandpa. If you could just go in a room and and Give yourself a a pep talk or a couple words. What would you say?
1: Yeah, I think I would go in and tell myself to embrace this time. Uh, The cliche of that it passes so fast is absolutely true. Not to be stressed out as much as I was. If work is stressing you out to the point where you're not enjoying life, enjoying your family, find something else to do go pump gas for a little bit until you figure it out if you need to because your mental health and your spiritual health and all of that is more important than being super stressed out and being available 24/7 to somebody that doesn't appreciate you that you know so so understand that that your family appreciates you and that you're needed you're valued Everything that you've gone through, all your bumps and bruises and, and uh, wounds matter because that's all wisdom that you can pour into your family and that you can use to support your family and your community. So focus on things that make you happy. Don't stress out so much and understand that you're a value do, to your family and community.
0: I that's, think that's fantastic. That's yeah. kind of it you can't get your time back, right? You can't get that time back. So have to make the most of it. What a great way of putting it. And Greg, it was a pleasure. It was a privilege having you on today. Uh, Again, Greg, uh, you can find him at cool-grandpa.us or on his Cool Grandpa podcast. And for most of us uh, as dads, I would say, tell your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Let them know uh, there's a great resource out there because I know uh, a lot, lot, um, I've heard from a lot of dads that, They have challenges in this arena. Um, So it's nice to hear that there's someone who's focused there and um, can address it. So thank you, Greg. appreciate you coming today. Thank you
1: so much. It's been an honor being here.
0: All right. Take care. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you haven't joined us yet, go to adadspath.com to get our free newsletter exclusively for dads. And do you know a friend who might like this podcast? Send it on. want to help as many dads as possible make fatherhood count. Dad on!